Hello and welcome to uh, the latest episode of Terrace Memoirs and the latest delve into the life of a football supporter. If you don't know me by now, I'm Dave Harris, Reading fan of 32 years, season ticket holder for 22. And being classically British, I can't let today pass without mentioning the stifling heat, uh, which of course also means I understand what a turkey feels like on Christmas Day, given I've been roasting in my flat. And I'm still roasting. My, temp, my thermometer says that it's still 27 degrees and it is 10 past eight in the evening. Um, couple that with some mild side effects from my second COVID jab yesterday. And um, yeah, basically, I feel rough as a badger's bollocks. Uh, but in true footballing spirit, we go again. Ideological. Uh, and he will always play the same way. And yeah. it's not pragmatic um, enough, I think, certainly to, to consistently win trophies at the at the top end of um of, of the premier league and, and the, the the back end of uh competitions obviously you know you've, you've won the the fa cup so it can be done um but when i think from my perspective i think uh when you need to be a little bit more pragmatic at the end of the season and just grind out the results make sure you win the game doesn't matter how i don't think he's necessarily the man for that um you know, that doesn't take away from the fact that he has developed into an absolutely superb coach. Players love playing under him. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, he's, he's uh, it, you know, he, and he's, a, he's always the perfect coach for Leicester in some ways because you've got your, uh, you know, he, he, clearly he plays attractive football. He's getting your results. You finished fifth. Um, and who knows? He may well, I mean, was it, it was his first full season last season, wasn't it? Um, um, so he may well. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah, he may well, may well have learned a bit, um, uh, a bit about Leicester and perhaps how to how to be that a little bit more pragmatic and get the results needed. Yeah, I think I think in terms of I think like like you said, everything that you said at the beginning was was right, and you can look at Liverpool as a perfect example of that. Where whereas you said it's like he take he can take the club so far, and then when the going gets tough, he needs to he's kind of fallen off the edge of a cliff a little bit, but. Mm-hmm. I think in terms of in terms of a coach for Leicester, I don't think we've got what Man City have where they can get rid of a manager and get any manager in world football that they want. But then again, yeah. I don't think even if Leicester could do that, then we do we do that with Brendan Rodgers because I feel like, like you said perfectly, he's the best man for the job because the spirit around the club, it's clear to see there's some characters at Leicester and he's probably one of the best man management coaches in the game, if you ask me. Yeah, absolutely. As I said, players love playing under him, um, and and that you know, that even goes back to his I said back to his time at Reading. He speaks to some of the uh, uh, some of the players who play under him, and they they absolutely loved his, his and the attention to detail, the fact that it was different every day, um, and a complete change to someone like, for example, about shape, 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 and you know, you know, just it's, it, the players hated playing under Tony Pulis. Uh, you listen to anybody. So, but going into the new season, yeah. then, um, where what do you what are your hopes and, um, and 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 feelings going on into it? Um, are, you, do, are you thinking that you can um, maintain um, the position where you are, perhaps actually sneak into that top four, or do you think that might have been a slight bit of overachievement last year? I feel I feel like from what recent history will tell you, the performances we put in, the way that Leicester fans know they can play because. Not just Leicester fans, if people have watched the club a lot, they'll know that I think top four is the thing that we, we should be aiming at now. Like that's I'm not gonna go as 
as delusional to say we should be aiming to win the league because it's not. We don't have as much firepower as the top teams and we don't have, we can't spend as much as, even though we have got a fair bit of money backing us now, we don't have the the financial power like your Man City, your United's all do. But I think if you'd ask any Leicester fan, top four has to be the aim this season going off of the past seasons. And again, even six, five years ago, if I was sitting here, six years ago, sitting here saying this, I'd be like, what, what are you talking about? But I think we, it's, it's mad, honestly, it's crazy. But we bought, we bought well in the, we bought well so far in the window. I think we got uh, Samare. I've not really seen him or Pat Sundaka that we've signed. I've not really seen much of them. But according to looking at teams they've been linked with and the prices we've signed them for, I feel like I trust Leicester to do some good business to push mm-hmm. us on and recruit in the areas that we need. Especially Ryan Bertrand. I think that's a really good pickup for us. Some people are yes, really, absolutely. Some people are a bit like, oh, well, he's old, but realistically, he's not going to be the first team left back. And we've just took an experienced Champions League winner who's been at Southampton for was it seven years, something like that. Something like that. Yeah. And we've yeah. we've managed to get him get him over. And one thing that a lot of fans will tell you at Leicester is we need squad depth, and I feel like we're adding to that really well. Yeah. Of course, you mentioned Ryan Bertrand, and he's no stranger to Brendan Rodgers. I'm going to allude back to uh, his time at Reading. He actually signed him on loan from uh, from uh, Chelsea at, yeah. uh, at Reading. So, yeah, we had him for a season. Um, of course, I could mention that Brendan Rodgers didn't last the season out, but he was a uh, he was first choice left back that season, and uh, yeah, really acquitted himself quite well uh, in a team that, well, ultimately um, just missed out on the playoffs um, and got to an FA Cup quarter final. Um, but yeah, he was. Uh, um, yeah, one of the uh, one of the better players that season, it's got to be said. So, as I say, he's no stranger uh, to, to Brendan Rodgers, or should I say they're no stranger to each other. Evan Draycott is a journalism graduate from Lincoln University and has been a season ticket holder at King Power since he was nine years old and has lived through some of Leicester City's lowest and highest points, of course. Uh, and you're warmly welcome to the show. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. How are you? Oh, I'm all right. I'm good. Yeah, looking forward to this one, as ever, yeah. as I always do. So, um, Leicester City, under Brendan Rodgers, who um, myself, being a Reading fan, will know fairly well. Um, FA Cup holders. and uh, Never thought I'd well, say you... that about Leicester. Too many, <laughs> too many losses, but a bit, bit before my time, that. Yes, yeah, but, you know, you've got the name on the trophy and nobody could ever take you that away. No, take that yeah. away from you, shall I say. Um, so, your thoughts on last season? Uh, and what are your thoughts on the upcoming season? You know what, last last season is a it's a weird question because I feel like my answer changes every time I'm asked. But realistically, you you yeah you can go with the obvious answer of saying okay, we've a lot of people will go oh you bottled top four again, you bottled top four. But to me, I don't. If you would have said to me in any season, would you take fifth place and an FA Cup win? I'd have took seventh and an FA Cup win, me personally, but. We, like I said, we got our name on the FA Cup, finished fifth. Obviously, we we had a slow end to the season, but I don't know. I, I think it was I think it was a great season. It's the second best season in the club's history, which is it sounds kind of it sounds a bit ungrateful when you put it like that actually, because fifth in an <laughs> FA Cup win is something pretty special. Yeah, it, it, absolutely, it is, uh, and it's something that I at the moment can only dream of. Uh, with Reading getting their, their, well, even on the League Cup as well, which of course Leicester have won a few times, haven't they? Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah when, I was a, um, when I was a little, 
Yeah, from, I mean, from, from the outset, though, from the outside last season, um, I mean, what it looked like really was, uh, was, was what I would call classic Brendan Rodgers, really, because he's obviously come on a hell of a lot since he was at Reading. He really struggled at Reading to get the results, yeah. despite playing some, at times, quite attractive stuff. Um, but his football is very... Um, yeah, so the, uh, you, you ended up with, uh, with Sosa going after about a month, a month and a half in charge, and uh, Sven coming in and signing players like Yakubu um, and Andy King firing them in from, from all angles. Um, yeah, he was really playing well, some really good like... football. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the expectations, I think, even from the outside, were, were, were of Leicester um, making a good push for. For promotion. Mm. In fact, actually, that nine ten season, you got to the playoffs, didn't you? Because um, I say it was I think, a. I said earlier it was a. Uh, it was a, a mid table season. It wasn't at all, was it? All because you lost the playoff semi final to Cardiff. Was that this? Was that the season we came up from League One? Yeah, nine ten. Oh, oh, uh, the wow. uh, yeah, that was uh, Jan Kermigan, wasn't it? The Jan Kermigan penalty. Oh no! Yeah, I remember that one as well. <laughs> That's what eleven years ago. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy, honestly. But yeah, was, I don't know. It don't, I didn't really, I didn't think that was the, I don't know, for some reason I had it in my head that that wasn't the season after. But yeah, it, thinking about it now, it must have been. Yeah. Yeah, it yeah, definitely but, was. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah so, I mean, you know, you're, you're obviously on a bit of a, a bit of a um, crest of a wave under, under Nigel Pearson then, aren't you? Um, yeah. Yeah. So. I think this season, though, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm looking forward to this season because obviously you've got the, You've got what seems to be the fans coming back into the ground. That kind of affected. That will affect results a bit more. People have been buying well. The transfer market's been pretty busy. But I don't know. It's just gonna. It's almost like the Premier League's like properly getting started again, and football's just getting back on its feet. And I, I'm excited. Yes, Very absolutely. Excited. And hopefully, that first weekend back in league football is going to be you know, basically across all divisions. They're going to you're going to see full stadium all over the place. Oh, yeah. People are going to be. They're just going to be wanting to get back, aren't they? Let's face it. Yeah. Uh, I know I certainly good, can't man. wait until wait oh, until the fourteenth of fourteenth uh, of August with our first home league game against Preston. I'm looking forward to that. I really am. Nice. Uh, yeah, that would be good to get back down there, familiar surroundings and stuff again. Yes, exactly. Yeah, we say you're a season ticket holder, and you have been for nine years. Um, but of course, um, you know you're only a, li- a part way through your journey, but it obviously had a beginning. So tell us where that where it all began for you. Um, yeah, well. I don't know. It's it's weird. It's like you you grow up and uh, you know you have certain people that'll get you into stuff. Like one of my one of my mum's friends. Like my mum's always been into football, and one of my mum's friends was just like, oh, she's a she was a massive Leicester fan. So they said, why don't you just bring him him down to one of their games? And I went, and I think I can't remember the score. It must have been two thousand and seven or two thousand and eight, and we we played QPR at home, and it was. It's a weird experience for me. It was like I remember I remember the day well, but I don't remember much of it. But I know we lost and we were really bad. We had some terrible players. So and I thought, I don't know, it was some sometimes going to the ground and, and losing it's terrible, but you just you kept on you kept on going back. And I think we just got used to losing. We were just it was almost it was amazing. It was the best feeling when we got a win. So I think it was just I think it was just that to be honest. It was mad enough. And look at me. Luckily, I've uh, stuck out and been since and reaped the rewards for it. Yes, you, well, absolutely, like. absolutely. Uh, but so that that time when you first started going, um, it was before 
you were relegated to League One, but you were kind yeah. of knocking down Season sort of lower four. mid table in the Championship, weren't you? Um, yeah, yeah. So you didn't have a, a, a fantastic squad. Um, I think it was and... the, I think it was the upstairs at the the club that was because I've I've actually watched a podcast. It was um I watched a podcast with you know you'll probably know Martin Allen the manager. I do. Yep. And we um we had loads of Leicester fans will tell you that they thought he came into the club and signed a load of players that he wanted and didn't play and like he he actually came clear and I've thought that since then. But he came and said it was the upstairs at the club that had signed all these players without his permission, and it yeah. was he joined Leicester. It's a contract you can't turn down. Like sometimes he he's a football man. You can tell he's a football man and he's an eccentric. But he came into the club, couldn't turn down the offer. But people were buying buying players without his permission, and we had forty three first team players, and some of them weren't playing. They were just nobodies, and they left the following season. It was it was just a big mess, and unfortunately he took the rap for it. Ian Holloway came in that season and got us a couple of decent wins and he tried his best, but he couldn't couldn't keep us up, unfortunately. Just couldn't score, could you, under Holloway? Right. And that right. was a bit of the, it seemed to be much of the problem. I mean, I remember watching uh, that nil-nil draw against Stoke, which I'm sure will live long in the memory remember, of any Leicester fan. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you did, again, it was one of those games, I guess it was, you know, it was on a knife edge, of course, it finished nil-nil. Yeah. Um, but again, I'm it was played, Leicester doing absolutely everything yeah. but score. You, you would look up and as like I say, as young as I was, there's just some things with football that you remember really well. And like, like I said, I was that was just me fully getting into watch. Because I've watched, you obviously watched the Premier League from an early age. You watched the World Cup and all that stuff. But that's the first, that was probably, this, maybe the second or first time of me getting into watching a club. And it was it was weird because you wouldn't be able to tell that Stoke with a, with a team going to the Premier League and we were the team mm-hmm. fighting for fighting to stay in the league and it was just it was just gut wrenching to be honest. And yes, exactly. Looking, and that was yeah. It, it was a, it was your no clearly it was your first full season watching them um mm. in that 0708 season. And yeah, yeah. Yeah, I suppose there are some some people who would perhaps argue that going down to League One is the best thing that ever happened to Leicester. Yeah. I was um, just gonna say I know, easily wanted I know um if you if you listen to um mm my episode with Andrew Lorne last week, um, who's a Norwich fan. Um, again, in a similar similar situation, that some of the, one of the best things that happened to them, some of, yeah, some of their fans argue, back. was that they went down to League One and they ended up absolutely smashing the division um, yeah. in uh, uh, 2009-10. And of course, the same thing happened to Leicester. And it was, I can imagine that was quite a fun ride going, uh, yeah, going, yeah, going, going places like Cheltenham and sticking four past them and, uh, and, and strolling the division. Yeah, it was a like I said, it was. I think for some Leicester fans, it was a bit of a culture shock. Like they that used to be it because we've never been an amazing team. Like we've never been a team that would challenge the top ten, apart from now in the Premier League. But we'd never been like like you say that was the first time we've ever been down to the to the third third tier. And it was for some of the fans. I think it was a big culture shock. And there was there were we were still getting more fans in League One than the average team would, but. We've got a brand new stadium built in 2002, which is so the ground's only what eight years old, and you're struggling to get 15,000 people in for League One games, mm-hmm. which is crazy because the stadium's been built and it is like I said, it is more than other teams would get in League One, but 15,000 that's just under half the stadium, it's poor. So for me, it was easy 
that was the first season I've had a season ticket, so it was. It's not like it was difficult for me to get one at that time. <laughs> no, sure, but of course, what well, and the season ticket uh, train, um, yeah, you know, it's very easy to to stay on it, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Even when you've had a, even when you've had a poor season, it's that's all you've known. It's like it's not, it's not just going to watch the team. Like you could do that. You could sit at home watching it. And no, nothing against anyone that sits at home and watches it on the TV because it don't make you any less of a fan. But going to the ground, it's like that's your that's your Saturday. That's what you look forward to doing. You go, you make a day out of it almost. And that's the same with away games as well. Going to the game isn't just about the ninety minutes. It's about <laughs> you, do you know do you know what I'm talking about? It's absolutely yeah it's, yeah yeah completely completely it's your weekend. Um, yeah, exactly. So you said it was um, it was uh, one of your mum's friends that first took you. Does he? Do you still go with them, or do you, have you uh, um, kind of um, sort of drifted away and got, sort of got friendship groups and go and go with well, them I'm, now? Like I said, I'm not. We've not really been able to go recently because of COVID. But the last yeah, yeah. season, the last season, I just went with my brother. My brother's always come with us, and my mum didn't get a season ticket for the last for the last season we played just because she, mm-hmm. she still liked going but just she worked on the weekends and stuff so it was pointless just getting one and going here and there like she can you can upgrade the ticket so if my brother ever doesn't go she can go and we've got a, we've always had our family friends as well we've had my mum's other friend and then they're there too so I'll still go down with them and I'll, they'll probably be sitting near me again when I go down which is going to be strange but yeah I'll still Still kept in contact with them. Like I, obviously, like I said, I knew them without football, but yeah, that's what I've yeah. been going with. But my friend who introduced my friend, my mum's friend who introduced Mister um, Go, she sadly passed away a few years ago, which is God rest her soul. And um, yeah, it was it's kind of weird going to the games and not seeing her sitting behind us. So I don't know what she'd have done if I don't know what she'd have done if we was uh she couldn't go to watch City for two years. So kind of glad she couldn't see that side of it, but. Yeah, it's... No, no, quite. Um, and you know, I'd say it's uh, it's always very sad when, when somebody that you're close to uh, that, that, that empty seat is just yeah, it's, honestly, it, yeah. it's a very strange, strange experience. Yeah, and it was. It can only be. It will only get stranger when you see somebody else sat in there. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's uh, uh, yeah, it, it, it's one of those one of those sad realities of life, isn't it? That, uh, yeah, that it will course, come yeah. to an end. But um, yeah, sentiment sentiments are obviously passed across to you. Um, yeah, yeah. Thanks a lot for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lloyd died. Him a, really, yeah, gave him a, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Gave, gave Sean Cummings a bit of a torrid time, but uh, yeah, Sean Cummings have been pushed down to the cold. But yeah, we we won that game. So that that season in League One, clearly, I mean, you smashed the league with us. I think it was ninety six points. And, oh yeah. Um, it was a steady old season. The season after oh nine ten, and then you started getting. Um. Yeah, started it, it, the expectations really raised, were raised when you had uh, when you appointed high-profile managers like Ericsson and Paolo yeah. Sosa, didn't they? Absolute disasters. Disasters. <laughs> One way to put it. Yeah, uh, you've obviously got some memories. Yeah, yeah, I do. <laughs> it was. I feel. I feel like it was. Because um, correct me if I'm wrong. Was was Sven the first appoint? I think he was the first appointment under the new ownership of the club. I'm not too sure. It's, was it's that uh, Milan Mandaric? 
that was Milan Mandric when he left and the Thai the Thai group came in, the King Power group took right. over the club. And they obviously needed time to get into the club and sort it out. But Sven Goran Eriksson, I knew I kinda knew the club was in a different direction when you're playing teams like Real Madrid in friendlies at home. So I was thinking yeah. we weren't we weren't used to that. Obviously years before we'd have we'd have Barcelona there before. But that was again, that was a one off. And yeah, it was it was a weird time for the club. It's like we had new owners, we signed, we got a manager in that's well, obviously was the England gaffer. Granted his record at clubs probably wasn't the best. But we'd got this manager in, you Cristiano Ronaldo was at the King Power and it's there was a there was a different I feel like there was a different feeling around the club when we when we came back up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think um again looking at it from the outside as a fellow championship club at the time, uh, when you see, I mean, Sosa only lasted about half a dozen games, didn't he? Yeah, um, yeah. One of which was against us, I hasten to add. Um, yeah, we must have uh, lost. And then, we uh, had to have lost. You lost 2-1, yeah. Yeah, we had to have. I don't <laughs> uh, think we won many at all, if if any, when Paulo Souza was in charge. Yeah, yeah. No, it was... Um, uh, Guilfi Sigurdsson opened the scoring, um, wow. and then Matt Mills uh, scored oh. a very late winner. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I knew that one. was going to happen. I knew you were going to say one. that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, Matt Mills with a late header. Um, yeah, I was waiting for that. I remember he, he he was he was crying off to the bench to say that he wanted to come off about three times in the second half, but we were literally down to the bare bones, and we played Sean Cummings at left back, and so you know, Sven. Um, I mean, clearly the expectations were so much higher than uh, when Sven took charge. Yeah, he didn't didn't really perform. He lasted about a year, didn't he? And it took a while start getting together again under um, under Nigel Pearson. Yeah, it was um, it was it was weird. It was a weird one because, like you say, we got to the. We got to the. We came up from League One with Pearson. He had a playoff campaign. We lost, and then I think the season after that is the one where the King Power Group took over. And mm-hmm. yeah, like I said to you before, I think something felt different around the club. Like we had, we had higher expectations because the owners had promised, but we didn't really not high expectation. But we had like a, it weren't really, uh, we we're gonna ex- we're gonna try and avoid relegation. It was more of a like we could actually do something. But I don't think anyone really believed it. It was just more like a they had they had more reason to have a bit of hope and stuff going on around the club. Like we were making signings, we had new stuff. Do you know what I mean? It was just we weren't really staying in the same spot. Stuff was actually being done, and to see Leicester being well crap. If I'm allowed to swear, well that's not swearing, but if yeah. um, <laughs> use yeah, whatever we language were, you want, mate. Oh, <laughs> I thought I'd keep it clean. I'll, I'll try. I'll try. But yeah, to. To describe that period, it was just a it was a bit stagnant. Even though you felt things were going up around the club, and it weren't until Nigel Pearson came back in that we actually that we actually did anything again. It was just like them two seasons were kind of writ off Paulo Souza or Sven. I'm sure there was another one in between, but yeah, it was just it was just a bit it was a bit boring at the time. Like we weren't we weren't doing anything. No, sure, and uh, so I remember that that season that that. We won the division. Um, was uh, was a mid table season. Um, I think we finished ninth. That was eleven twelve, and then twelve thirteen again uh, was a playoff campaign, wasn't it? 
and yeah, there's, yeah, yeah. there's yeah, it's yeah, it, it's one it's one of the most one of the most played videos, isn't it, of recent times uh, in, in, in playoff competition. Were, were you there for that? I was not there for the away game. I was there for the home game. But you won the home game, didn't you? Yeah, one 0 David yeah. Nugent scored. But I remember exactly where I was. I remember exactly who we was with. We was we was in um we was in our front room and we it was a weird it was a, from a neutral perspective apart from that it was a good game of football anyway like it was end to end there was loads of stuff going on and as much as it pains me to say it kind of deserve we kind of deserved to lose because that was never a penalty to us in the first place it was blatant dog it fully Agreed. was and it was it was mad because at the time we had I forgot what we were watching the game on but it couldn't have been. I I, anyway, the the cross came in, and as the ball was knocked down, this was the one thing I remember the most. When Troy Deeney hit the volley, our TV froze, and I thought, <laughs> oh, oh no. honestly, it was the worst thing. It. it was the worst thing ever, and we were just sitting there in silence, like, as he scored, as he not next week, you know, he's in the stump of a show. Easily, that was if, like I said, I wasn't really. Old, like I was old enough. I was like, I was like seven when Leicester got relegated. But that's worse than getting relegated, because at the time you're sitting there thinking, this is the you've never seen your team get near the Premier League. You've never seen the team get. Well, I've not seen the team get near the Prem with the team that we had. I was thinking like, oh, that's the chance we've blown it. It's, do you know what I mean? You have all of these things going through your head, but as soon as it goes to the next season, you kind of by the time the new season comes around, you kind of forgot, not forgot about it, but. You kind of over it, and you're just ready to go again. To be honest, once football yeah. starts again, it's just thinking to yeah. yourself, "Oh, we've got to do this whole championship thing again," when we could have been in the prem. And yeah, it was, yeah, that was that was easily the worst. Well, on the pitch, the worst moment in my time watching Leicester. Mm-hmm. But you, you certainly uh, didn't exactly rest on your laurels, did you? The next season, no, not over at all. Points. So, yeah, it was, Won the, it was well, promoted by 17 points. Derby finished third on 85, and uh, yeah, Leicester got uh, got 102. So, yeah, always good to see Derby not going up. That's what you love to see. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it was it was a weird. That was weird as well because it's almost like it came it came full circle because we, I think, if you remember, Crystal Palace were the team that went up in that season where we lost. Yeah, to Watford. And Kevin Phillips uh, actually scored their goal. The yeah, following season, uh, it was a penalty in extra time, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a penalty. And the following season, he joins Leicester and scores the last goal before we actually get... He scores the last goal that confirms us to get into the Premier League. So it kind of went mm-hmm. full circle a little bit. It was weird. He scored, he scored a goal against Bournemouth for Leicester. And then without kicking a ball, we got promoted again. So it's almost like he... It was weird. It kind of went in a full circle, which was fitting. And Knockout yeah. got his revenge over Watford, which is what I enjoyed. That was a good game. <laughs> yes, absolutely. But yeah, yeah the, uh, I mean, that, that 13 14 season, I mean, I know what it's like to get over 100 points, see my team get over 100 points in the Premier yeah. League and it's, Not in, many the, teams in the Championship, it. sorry. Um, and uh, yeah, it, it, it's satisfying, isn't it? And when yeah, you, just, very... you, know, you almost know it's the closest thing that you're going to get going to a game. Um, almost knowing that you're going to win, not hoping that you're going to win. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's because it's it's, you had your your season ticket and and yeah, presumably you did you go to many. Yeah. Or, did you go to many of the away games as well? 
I went to a few. I went to I went to a fair few. I went to where did I go? Earlier on in the season, I don't think I went to Menem, but I went to no, where did I go? I went to Burnley away when Chris Wood scored a half volley from about twenty five yards. I went to mm-hmm. that. And I went to Barnsley away near the end of the season on a Tuesday night. So I think we took about four thousand. Yeah. And uh, Vardy Vardy got a couple. Drinkwater got one. It was a big win. And yeah, that was that was a that was it was good to see. It was good to see. But like you say, even in that season, we had some we had a couple of losses that no, no, I feel like no team will. If I don't know if it's been done, I doubt it has. But I can't see a team ever going undefeated in the championship. You, there's no way you can play 48 games, 46 games, sorry. And yeah, yeah, because you, you have to switch up your team a little bit. Like we drew with, we drew with Yeovil in that season, and it was in fact a wrongly ruled out Casper Schmeichel goal that got us a point. Mm-hmm. Because he, yeah, he headed. He, I remember that he scored a header and it went over the line. And then Chris Wood followed it in, but they didn't give Casper the goal. And um, I remember it as well. We lost. We lost a few that season, but not clearly not many. But I remember we lost to Brighton at home, and Ajoa absolutely tore as a new one. He was unreal, yeah. and then signed him the following season. But yeah, he was. That there was a couple of games where you didn't expect to lose, and when you did, it was like wow, like what. But we never seemed to take our foot off the gas in that whole season, which yeah. was which was a good a think, good thing to see. I think with Yopal that season, um, they had some really, really good young talent in that squad of theirs. Yeah. Uh, they had um the likes of Keith Ed, Moore, Ed Joe Rolls, Ed Upson, as you say, um uh, uh Luke Ailey. Um so oh, they wow. had some really, really, really good good players in them, that yeah. squad. Um so uh, they they got a draw um, against us as well. We finished seventh, um, yeah. Uh, and yeah, well, they they well they they played. Well, they had three men sent off, quite frankly, and uh, we couldn't we just couldn't get the winner, and because it, that, that, all right, the third man was sent off after eighty eight minutes, but there was still nine minutes of injury time to play, so they played over ten minutes with. Uh, um, uh, just literally packing the box, and all they did—they sat inside their own penalty area, virtually. And yeah, uh, you just had, they you know, it was such such a lazy, lazy um, uh, sort of game that we had that we played, particularly with Royston Drenta, who was just—he would just get the ball and on the touchline, have nobody around him, you know, loads of space to go into, but he just get the ball and sling across in from like thirty-five yards out on the frigging touchline. It's yeah. like, what the he, hell are you doing? He you know? was a player. He was a player that really, that really disappointed me a bit because I feel like I don't know if looking from the outside, I don't know if you guys felt the same, but he had bags of talent. Like you could, like you don't, you don't play for Real Madrid if you don't have bags of talent. And I just feel like he couldn't be bothered, couldn't be bothered sometimes. And that was Basically, frustrating because he was very good. I maintain, I maintain for a long time. I, I, I doubt I'll see it um, again, but I maintain that that Royston Drenthe was the most talented player that I've ever seen play for Reading. Um, but also the biggest waster that I've ever seen play for Reading. Yeah, um, had absolutely no work ethic whatsoever. You can have uh, all the talent in the uh, world if there's no hard work to like to be compatible with it. Then it's not gonna, it's not gonna do it. You're not gonna do anything. And it was no, no. it's a, it's a shame really because he he scored some good goals and he looked dangerous. He looked dangerous when he had the ball. One yeah, on he one. could. He joke. could. He could. He, he would. You know, if he was, if he was, uh, you know. At, if his attitude 
was anything up there with his talent, then you know he wouldn't have been playing for Reading in the Championship. Mm-hmm. But you know he had the he had the ability to make make fullbacks look stupid, but he just very very rarely did because of his because of his um, his work ethic. It was a crying yeah, shame. And it fortune in wages as well, which didn't really help matters. Yeah. So, yeah. But yeah, the less said about him, the better. Um, you know, that 13 14, 13 14 season was obviously uh, very successful. He got back up to the Premier League for the first time since I think it was 2004, wasn't it? Two years. And I think um, it's three, four. Yeah, and it, you know it's pretty much all Nigel Pearson's work. I mean, you, we've spoken about oh, yeah, 100%. Um, Paolo Sosa and and, and Sven in the, in, in the you know, in between, but you know it was still largely a squad that was built by uh, by yeah, by Pearson. Um, and of course, don't he's, get me wrong. He's, you know, no, sorry, Karen. kept you up the next season as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did. Um, it was with with Pearson. I feel like he 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 left to join Hull. I'm pretty. It was Hull, I think. And he came back, and when he came when he came back, he came back in the 11-12 season, halfway through after Sven got sacked. So obviously he wasn't away from the club for a long time. So he must, like I say, there was a feeling, like I said, there was. It seemed like there was a shift with the club off the pitch because he had got rid of Milan Mandaric, which is always a bonus because he was just terrible for the club. He was awful, mm-hmm. and with. Um, with Nigel Pearson coming back, he bought uh, he bought players with him that are still with us now. Like we he signed well, no, he didn't sign him actually. Tell a lie. Wes Morgan signed for us that season before Pearson mm-hmm. came in. I'm pretty sure David Nugent signed for us that season. Matt Mills signed for us that season, and I think I think Casper Schmeichel signed for us as well in that season. So yeah. we had we had some players that are still. Well, obviously West Morgan isn't, but we've got Casper Schmeichel. He's still playing for us now. It's mm-hmm. it's mad to see what he's what he's been through at the club. And I feel like Nigel Pearson was the was the best the best thing that's arguably one of the best things that's ever happened to the club because he's laid the foundations for us to go on to be such a great team. Obviously, you've got the owners, but that's off the pitch. But Nigel Pearson was got us got us to in a position that we can build on. So obviously we. Nigel Pearson clearly, uh, you mentioned, laid many of the foundations that the club mm. um, has um, borne fruit from um, over the um, over the last few years. But I think it goes without saying that it's not just one of uh, Leicester City's finest appointments, but one of English football's finest ever seasons, isn't it? That 2015-16 season, and yeah, yeah. you had a season ticket. And presumably you saw most, if not all, of the game. Yeah, seen seen some good ones. Seen some very good ones that season. Just yeah, it don't it don't seem like it was five years ago. And going on six because it's but yeah, that season I can't even put it into words. Even now, I was six. I was sixteen at the time. I'm twenty one now. So it don't seem it don't it still don't seem like it actually happened, but. It's, it's mad and it's it's crazy what it did for football as well in general because obviously going down to watch Leicester you never we always used to think like it's never why is it never us like why did it never go our way and then the biggest the biggest prize in English football if you want to say that and we'd and we'd won it and it kind of gave every I liked I liked this, the meaning behind it, how every team wanted to win it like not just Leicester wanted, fans wanted to win it everyone in the country apart from Spurs and Arsenal well Spurs fans Wanted, 
wanted Leicester to win it, and it it did a lot for football, even lower down the pyramid. Like it, it gave it showed people like anyone can win, anyone can do it. Not even in football, just anything. Like anybody can win it, anyone can win a title, anyone can just achieve what you want. And it was a, as a, it was an emotional season, and it was one I don't think I'd. I think if I could go back and relive it again, that would that would definitely be something that I'd go and do. Yeah, I think I think. Um... I mean, again, looking at it from the from the outside, it was absolutely phenomenal what Leicester did. And they only lost what was it, three games all season? Uh, two tasks, two, yeah. two of which Liverpool. were two Um And yeah, against Liverpool as well. Um, Spurs did not go out of the FA Cup fairly comfortably, if I remember rightly. But um, you know, in the end, it was despite um, Spurs. I mean, it's such a Spursy thing to say, isn't it? Spurs put the pressure on. But yeah. had the answers all the time, didn't they? And even even going down to ten men against West Ham. Um, yeah, that that and... game was awful. Oh wow, that game was. I think at one point it was. I, I, I don't know. I feel like like you said it. I'm so used to Leicester doing not not just just not enough. Like like you said with the Watford season and the Cardiff playoff game, it's just just not enough. And even in games, I was used to Leicester throwing leads, and it was never enough. But I'd, obviously, when you've had that, when you've had that feeling watching football all your life, you don't, you don't expect them to carry on and go through with a job. And that Arsenal game, where Welbeck scored at the ninetieth minute, I thought, even though we were still clear, I thought with the quality that Tottenham had, they would, they'd overtake us, and they didn't. The the West Ham game, that was, that was that was weird. That was kind of when I thought, you know what, we might we might stick this because it got all gone against us on the day and we'd got a, a little bit of luck at the end and equalised, which was obviously a point that it felt like three in the grand scheme of things, but mm-hmm. it didn't really matter because the gap, the gap was big. I'm sure Spurs fans, if you've got any Spurs fans listening, they won't, they won't be too happy with me saying it, but it was, they didn't get near us. <laughs> Let's be honest. They didn't get anywhere near us in the end. No, no, they didn't. And if, uh, if that, of course, um, the 4 0 win against Swansea um, a few days later, pretty much, well, that was the title winning game, really, wasn't it? Um, all bar their Spurs absolutely stacking it at Stamford Bridge. Um, yeah, yeah. But no, in the end, I mean, you finished 10 points clear of them. Um, you only lost one game at home, and that was, uh, that was against Arsenal. Um, yeah. You only lost two games away, as they say, against Liverpool and Arsenal. So, um, yeah, it was. You know, so you finished eleven points ahead of Spurs in the end, but you know they, they, they finished second at one point. So yeah, third in the two race, commonly said. Comfortable, yeah, comfortable title win, wasn't it? Yeah, I, 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 it's weird. It's it's weird to say that because I know a lot of teams are taking their foot off the gas, but people can say they, people can say anything about that season, and it doesn't mean anything to me because. Only one outcome happened, and it was us winning the league, which is something I'd never, I'd never even dream of seeing. Like, I, I, that's something that you don't even think if you if you think about that sort of stuff, you, you tend to slap yourself and say, "Come on, man, you're going a bit funny here, Evan." But yeah, it was un- unbelievable. Honestly, unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I can imagine. But, it, it, but that was under. Um, we haven't even mentioned his name yet, um, Claudio. Yeah, Ranieri. I know. Yeah. Um, what a man, what a character. He, well, he just made it tick. He, his his style of football, um, 
it just it just well it it, it got at the absolute best out of the likes of Jamie Vardy, didn't it? It did. Um, counter-attacking and, and get Vardy running the channels and I mean, I mean Vardy obviously got the uh, he got the, um, the, 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 the the record number of goals in in successive games, didn't he that season with yeah. the goal against Man United? Get Brood Van Nistelrooy's record as well, which was again mm. a fitting a fitting team to get it against. But I think I think with as as you say with with Ranieri just linking back to Nigel Pearson again. I think there's a there's a lot there's always been a debate where it's among Leicester fans and if you if you're not like if you've not seen Leicester before then a lot of people can be like what but there people would say if Nigel Pearson is a big part of the reason why we won the league which I can I can say is true it's very true but I don't would we have won it if he was still there I don't know because I think Pearson's foundations that he laid for that season and Ranieri's character and the way that the team the team spirit was I think both of them have got a large responsibility so people that would you can't discredit Ranieri whatsoever because he was he's the one that made it tick and he said some he must have said some stuff in that dressing room that made them get to the next level but I think they're both owed a massive credit because let's be fair let's be let's look at it on the on the real on the facts Nigel Pearson didn't get sacked because of performance he got sacked for something completely, completely abnormal off the pitch. That mm-hmm. is—I've never seen anything like in my life. But yeah, it was. I think I think they both owed a massive respect, and I think they're both respected by the club, even though they've both been both been relieved of their duties. Yeah, I think I think with Nigel Pearson, um, I, I I mean I I very much doubt you'd have, you'd have finished anywhere near. Uh, well, near the top end of the table under Pearson in fifteen, sixteen. My mm. personal opinion. Yeah. I think a lot of a lot uh, there was a, seemed to be uh, the media have a lot to play with this. Uh, yeah, they're, 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 he's an abrasive character anyway. He um, is. And um, there were there were inc- you know, incidents with um, supporters um as well i remember seeing Players. some some videos of him chipping back at supporters on, on more than one occasion yeah um, so he's, he was an abrasive character and that kind of rubs off on a club and you know ranier is a totally different character and um a totally different man manager as well and uh yeah i think uh, it's fair to say that uh there's almost i mean we'll never know will we i mean i could be no we won't wrong. But, but every, um, I'm a big believer in everything happens for a reason. I always have been, and I feel like that was the right the right man to handle that job because he's he was he was an infectious person. His personality was infectious, and he's just a he's just he made everyone smile. People would tune in to watch his post match interviews and stuff like that, and it was just <laughs> he was a great yeah. he was a great man to have around the club. But as you say. <laughs> Was it dingly ding, dingly dong? Or That's the one. <laughs> one <of them. laughs> He's got plenty. You could you could make a quote book of some of the stuff he came out with. Yeah, essentially, my my feeling is that players down tools a bit for Ranieri for one reason or another. It um, it it wasn't. I don't think I don't think we'll ever know the full extent of why, but something must have happened. But once that happens, I feel like as as my own club, as bad as it sounds. The club, always, like this is just, I just want to get this one out of the way because it's not my complete feeling. 
I'll always love the club before a singular person at the club, whether that be the manager or whether that be a player. That's I support the club because it's where I'm from, and it's that's my that's my team. But the feeling of when Ranieri got sacked was I did I don't think anyone wanted him to leave. It's like when I I, I was I was extremely upset when he got sacked, and I don't think anyone was like yes he's out like thank you. And the media made didn't make it any better saying how could Leicester City do such a thing? How could they? But I'm telling you now, if he didn't get sacked, we'd have got relegated. That's my personal opinion. I think we'd have think, been uh, down there and we, we think, could yeah. have got relegated. Yeah, uh, you, were, you were on a real slippery slope at the time. Yeah, we were. Um, and... We were. It was, we were playing awful. I've never seen us play. And then as soon as we were in the Champions League, it's like we were back to the 15-16 season. It was, it was crazy, honestly. It was, we were playing... If we played how we did in the Champions League in the Premier League, we'd have been in the top seven easy. And it was it was mad to watch because we were playing some amazing football. Even so, there was some games in that season where Ranieri was there where we played some amazing football. But it was just I feel like in the best interests of the club, we weren't winning games, yeah. and it's it's a it's a terrible business. It's a results based business, and we weren't getting results. It is absolutely, and I think if I remember rightly, uh, he was sacked in the aftermath of uh, an FA Cup defeat at Millwall, wasn't he? I thought I thought we uh, I don't know I thought it was either that game or it was after it was I thought it was after the Sevilla game the first leg. Yeah, you could be right. Which was a good result right. for us, by the way. We lost two one away at Sevilla, but by all means, that was the wasn't a bad result in the grand scheme of things after an away goal. No, sure, um, but uh, I, I remember. Well, I distinctly remember the first game after he'd been sacked. Um, the Millwall game was horrendous. Yeah, uh, but say so that it was the the game against Liverpool, wasn't it? And it just seemed—I don't know why—but from the outset, it just seemed that the players had shafted him uh, in in many ways because yeah, I it was agree. back it was to how they played the season before. It was bittersweet. It really was. It wasn't. It wasn't good. It was a good result. It was like, wow, we've just like what a result. But it was like really, I kind of felt a lot of people around the club felt a bit betrayed, which is, which is fair enough. But like you say, it's something must have gone on. You don't find out everything that goes on at a football club, and no, I, no, I don't know what happened there. Yeah, no, that uh, just going back to that Millwall defeat. There's a lot of uh, there are a lot of red links in there. Jake Cooper, yeah. who's uh, who's one of our youth team players, was sent off. And well, I mentioned him earlier. Uh, Sean Cummings got the 90th minute winner, and he was the guy uh, who came in out of the cold in that two-one win that we were talking about. Yeah, um, who scored the uh, scored the last-minute winner. Um, but yeah, you then went on a what was it a six or seven um, six or seven game winning run. You knocked out Sevilla. Yeah. In the uh, the Champions League because you beat them two 0 at home. Was. What a game! Uh, I think that's the best then, the best uh, I've was... seen. That's the best atmosphere I've seen at that at the King Power for for a long time. If, yeah, if not the best singular game because it was uh, it was absolutely booming. It was it was it was electric. Yeah, um, I mean <laughs> it's a it's a pipe dream for me to see Reading in the Champions League, but. You never you know. know. To, not to just get, know. not to just. You, well, yeah, people keep telling me that, but at the moment, not a frigging chance. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's um, 
it's, it, I mean, it's one thing getting to the Champions League, it's getting through to the knockout stages, and actually, there are absolutely no mugs. Um, and you, know, you had Atletico Madrid in the finals uh, that you got to. Yeah, yeah, um, it was. And just came up short, didn't they? I felt, I felt, I think at the time of after that game, I didn't feel any like. I didn't feel any kind of resentment. I didn't feel bad. But, you know, because you, you're proud of the team. Like, it was going to end at some point. And we were proud that they got so far. They were playing against players like Griezmann, Oblak. They had all of these these names that were among the world's best. But I felt, looking back at it, I feel like we got robbed, personally. As bad as it sounds, <laughs> we got robbed. Because I remember in the first leg, they got a penalty for a foul that was a good yard away from the box. And I remember it was Griezmann. Griezmann ran down the line. All Brian clicked him outside the box. We all thought he gave away a free kick and the ref gave a penalty. So we were like, well, mm-hmm. that was a, a sucker punch. And then when they got the away goal, I think it was just the away goal at our place. I think it was just all a bit much. Yeah. Was that, uh, yeah. that was before the days of VAR, wasn't it? It's just uh, yeah, yeah. 17. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah. Saul so, the in the second leg. That was a, uh, I mean, say got through to the quarterfinals. Was it uh, 2 1 on aggregate? Um, Atletico. Yeah, I want to say yeah. Yeah, it was because yeah. we drew the we drew the home leg one all. Yeah, which ain't a bad result. <laughs> Looking back, no, it's not. It's not about the result on the night, but on the night that's a it's a tidy result from our lot. I think that was one of Chilwell's first games, one first proper games as well. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, it just kind of the season just kind of drifted team. away a little bit, though, didn't it? In in the yeah, Premier League, uh, I think yeah. it was was it lower but up, sort of upper. No, lower mid table, I want to say upper part of the bottom half of the table. I think uh, was yeah, it 12th, yeah. 11th, something like that. Some, something like that. I don't know. I think it yeah. was the season that everyone wanted to finish. I think it was just one of them ones. Everyone just, uh, yeah, yeah. Your, 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 your second result to last uh, um, was a was a six one home defeat, wasn't it? The Spurs, Spurs. Yeah, I was at that uh, game. Just down stayed for every single Kane goal. And, <laughs> and it was like I'd, yeah, the stadium was empty. It was terrible. I couldn't wait to go in. Yeah, so he loved the goal it was Leicester, by the way. that that almost felt like you know, although it was a bit of a topsy turvy season, it almost felt like really where Leicester should kind of be, which is you know very probably mm. a little bit higher in terms of mid table, and that's where you yeah. finished over the next couple of seasons. Um, yeah, yeah. And then you've had two fifth place finishes on the on on the trot, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah, we have. And like you say, I think I think this season's one, how we fell out of the top four, was a bit more forgiving because of the FA Cup win. And if you take away the fact that it happened the previous season before, I don't think anyone would have really been like, "Wow, that's that's a that's a poor season." But you've got to look as well. And I know teams have injuries a lot. Liverpool were on an absolutely insane run at the end of the season. We shouldn't have fell out of the top four realistically, but we. We had some we had some tough injuries. We lost some of our best players, but what can you do? We got European football next season and I think everyone's happy we've done some good business like we said earlier. And I think yeah, and that's a that's a testament to the club because we've I think due to, I think a lot of our success is due to the to the stuff that's happened off the pitch. Because we've recruited players that you'd at the time you wouldn't be too not this season I'd say yeah, but Previously, we've recruited players that are not really star names that you'd think 
you'd go and splash loads of money on, but they've been clever. They've been very smart signings for the club that have helped us out in the in the long run and helped us out because it's what we need. And yeah, I think our business has been very good. We're lucky to have owners and staff that can pull them kind of transfers off. Yeah, yeah. So we'll get to the owners um, in a in a minute. Um, but uh, going on into sort of the twenty twenty one season, last season. Um, it was. Uh, I'm trying to think what 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 round you got to. Was it the last thirty two? Um, Six. No. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Yeah. Lost to Slavia Prague. Slavia yeah. Prague. Who then went on to beat Rangers in the next round, wasn't it? It was trying to think such an annoying round, game. But... So frustrating. Yeah, and, and do you know what that kind of um, that kind of feeling and that attitude? I think stands lesser in good set instead. Good. Sorry. Good stead because yeah. you should. With the best one in the world, um, the Czech league isn't the strongest league by any stretch of the imagination. No, not um, and a team finishing in fifth place that season should be beating Slavia Prague. Um, mm. And then, all right, you know, who's I don't know whether you'd have got Rangers in the next round or whether it would have been a different team, but you know, you, it's only in the later stages of the competition, unless you're really, really unlucky, that you start thinking, um, yeah, we've got some real um, talented teams to beat now. Um, but is there a feeling this season that perhaps Leicester can go um, go better this year in the Europa League? I think, I think, yeah, I think we have to because it's it was a job at the time. I think you know how there's always that one team that comes out to play, and the teams that you don't expect. And unfortunately for us, it was Slavia Prague, and they they gave Arsenal a game in the first leg. No, they didn't. They didn't. They weren't at all. No, they didn't give Arsenal a game. Arsenal destroyed them. I was Rangers that they beat. And yeah, I just I just think it was it was we underestimated them, and it's easy to do when you've got a good team like Leicester have. And yeah, I think I think we can we can go better next season. Whether we get all the, whether we go to the final or not, we'll see. I doubt it, but I think we I think we we should do a bit better next season because mm-hmm. group stages I had no complaints. We we came out and we played every game. I think it would be good for the for the guys to get to get into Europe again because it's just a good whether it's Europa League or Champions League it's, it's good to watch European nights are good especially with fans yeah. back in the ground as well that would be no absolutely that would be how I did so those semi-finals last year I mean you had after when United in there didn't you uh, and there's no yeah. reason why that couldn't have been couldn't have been Leicester um, yeah exactly really, I think so I think if it was going to happen in a particular season we're looking, trying to look for a positive. I think last season was probably the best time for it to happen because we didn't have any fans to see it. You couldn't go abroad, which is what so many fans look forward to doing. And the trophy that we did win, there was fans in the ground, so we kind of fell in a perfect, in a perfect way, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, we mentioned, um, we mentioned a number of occasions that you've been owned by. No, you'll have to forgive me. I'm not going to butcher their names. Um, but yeah. the Thai owners, uh, yeah. the owners of King King Power, uh, who are a Thai company, and um, they must be almost revered in Leicester. Yeah, it, yeah. I feel like it's one of them ones. If you heard, if you heard any disrespect towards them, it's a, just a it's a massive insult because you know I have these people on Twitter that like to troll and stuff like that. I feel like it's there are two people in Leicester that you just can't disrespect especially amongst Leicester fans because 
they've changed. They may if you don't watch football, then okay, fair enough. But they've they've changed. I've never seen a football club change due to the ownership, and it's such a rare thing to see in modern football. From from owners, you see owners screwing over clubs all the time, and you see owners not giving back to the fans and stuff like that. But it's just good to see there's a hand. There's probably a handful of fans in in England, if not the world, that are that are generous and I think we're really lucky to have people that cared about the team and cared about the fans because let's be honest they're not when they bought the club they didn't they didn't support Leicester they weren't they weren't a fan like me or someone from down the road from me who go to the stadium like they they learnt about the club they learnt about everyone and they learnt about do you know what I mean it was just they made themselves part of the part of the family and it was a good I've never I've never seen ownership of a club like it and I think a lot of people can take can they can lead by example to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I mean, they they they're not just financially invested in Leicester, but they're emotionally invested in the city yeah. as well, aren't they? Um, yeah. And you know the fact that they they've been around it's 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 rare for um, it's, well, ultimately, it's rare for um, overseas owners to be you know viewed without any degree of suspicion. Yeah, yeah uh, and that it seems to me that that there is no there is no cynicism involved when it comes to Leicester fans. They know, and the um and and your, your owners know that they're in it for for the long haul and for the good of the club. Yeah, and I feel like at first it was a tough uh, when they first came in. A lot of people would probably think because it's happened to Leicester before people coming in who haven't been connected with the club, and you'd think, do they just want to see this as a business opportunity? And of course, they they want to. They, they're probably, obviously Leicester is a business to them in in a small in a way because they're going to make revenue. But they came in and they they care like they're present. At, well, they were top is now president at training. He he gives gifts to the fans all the time. He's frozen season ticket prices. My season ticket price has been the exact same since we came up from the championship. Mm-hmm. And he they've donated money to the to the NHS in Leicester to the. To the healthcare in Leicester and stuff like that, and it's just it's mad to see like it's stuff that you don't they don't have to do it, and a lot of people be like, yeah, they've got loads of money, but so do a lot of other people, and they don't have to do the stuff that they've been doing, and they have, and it's just yeah. a testament, and it goes a long way because it makes the feeling around the club a lot better. Yeah, and and unfortunately, one of the things that that you know clearly when it comes to Leicester's owners, we've got to cover is yeah. one of the um, one of the most tragic. Um, incidents in recent in recent history, really, in, in English football, um, and good guys um, don't always get what they deserve. And um, Leicester's uh, Leicester's owner didn't deserve that, did he? No, not at all. It was again. It was another surreal. It's never, as I say, I call it the emotional roller coaster. That is Leicester City Football Club, and that's another. It's just another unexpected thing that you couldn't imagine ever to happen because I I I remember it was the West Ham game it was West Ham at home boring game we'd come out and we seen a couple of West Ham there was West Ham fans trying to get into a bit of a tussle with the Leicester end and I come out the stadium and uh, my cousin's my cousin's husband sends me a message and he says there's like there's fire outside the ground and I'm like oh the West Ham fans probably got really out of hand and he was like, 
I, no, I don't. I don't know what it is. They've not confirmed what it is, but there's video and it's a fire around the back of the car park. And I thought, what the hell? And this was literally, this was just as I was on the way home. I was in the car and I wasn't because obviously there's normally a lot of traffic. But I was on the way home to to the um, to my house from the game. And obviously, I, I like I said, I thought it was I thought it was a problem with the West Ham and Leicester fans, but quickly it was news spread and yeah, it was. It was that I think it was just with, among Leicester fans. I think it was a lot of hope. Like they heard, they knew, they seen a helicopter crash. Well, people said it was a helicopter crash. They automatically knows who it is because of the transport. He used to get his helicopter on the way home from every game. It land on the pitch and take off. Mm. But it was, it was honestly, it was the one of the strangest. It was so strange because everyone just had this hope. Like there's no way he's dead. There's no way he's dead. And just when the news outlets announced that he died, it was, yeah, it was ridiculous, which in a way it brought the club together. But it was, no, it was, it was, it was terrible. It was like losing, it was like losing a member. I'd never seen so many people upset because a lot of people, like you say, are just the owners of a club are disconnected from the team. And that was treated like it was a member of people's family that had died. And it was, it was awful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember, um, I remember watching it and uh, or watching the game, um, and if I remember rightly, the uh, the it was during an advert, an ad break. Jane Humphreys on BT, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, and they cut back and uh, um, and then announced what what appeared to have happened, and uh, well, the outpouring of emotion, not just not necessarily in Leicester. Clearly, that was you know, yeah, um, city. Uh, but across uh, across football, was heartening in so many ways. I think um, it was. It was. It was. Yeah. It was like this. Had, it was like the whole thing to do with. There was the narrative of Leicester winning the league, and this is the dude that made it happen. And they kind of tied that to him, which is completely. Which is yeah. I, I think it was fitting. But it was. It was. I think it, a lot of other people could could connect to it because of. They watched they watched Leicester's title winning season and it just that had just happened and it was I don't think anyone expected it. No one went to the game expecting anything like that to even be remotely possible, but it was it was mad. And I went to the people were laying tributes outside the ground days after it had happened and it was it was unreal. There was people coming from all over the country, there was people coming from like Scotland there were people coming from Scotland, with people from Newcastle, Bournemouth all of the sides and they were laying their football shirts down, scarves and stuff like that. It was crazy. There was hundreds of football clubs, scarves and stuff and it was it was mad. It was, you couldn't even you couldn't get through it. It was it was it was mad. Mm-hmm. And it's his um it's his son that's now in charge, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. He had he was the, Carry on the legacy of the club anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we all thought he would we all thought is he going to sell the club? And we thought we that we were scared because he was he had a lot to do with the club as well. He was the vice chairman of the club, and he released a statement saying, "There's no like, would my dad want me to do that? No, of course I'm going to stay with the club." And it was just a, it was a, it was a good moment. And I think if you'd seen, if you'd another, if you'd seen the uh, celebrations in the the wake of the FA Cup win, it was you show it showed what it meant to him. The players mm-hmm. dragged him down from the thing to come on the pitch. Like you don't—that doesn't happen in modern football. It's—it's it's just 
it was a good it was a good it was an emotional moment and yeah yeah and that's uh, I mean obviously the, the the Premier League win goes to uh, goes to his father but you yeah. know, to carry on the legacy and actually become the first Leicester City team to have the name on the FA Cup and mm-hmm. the oldest FA you know, the oldest um, uh, cup or club cup competition in the world and it's a you know it, it's fitting because the Leicester uh, they they look like they're just in that position where they can start to consistently challenge for, if not league trophies every season, um, certainly cup competitions. They're going to be in, in and around those quarterfinals, perhaps mm-hmm. the semifinals, and you know with a you know with a, with a reasonable day and, and you know and, and good quality, and everybody's on a, a minimum seven or eight out of ten. Um, yeah, they they're going uh, to be. They're going to be there or thereabouts, and that's down to your owners and the decisions that they've made. Hasn't always gone swimmingly, but no, it hasn't. uh, Because there's been some, there's been some questionable signings. Let me tell you that. And another person that's a big, he's not with the club anymore. It's um, Steve Walsh, not Steve Walsh, the one that you probably know, the uh, the big centre or who often sometimes played up front for Leicester back in the day. But there was a scout we had Mm -hmm. called Steve Walsh, and he he signed Vardy, Mares, Kante. And the that is that it's just it's like clockwork in the backroom stuff. There's so many people. There's so many people that put stuff into the club that made that made the made them progress the way that they are. And there's just yeah, it's just there's so many people. Everyone plays their part of that club, and it's good to it's good to see everyone work so so well together. Yeah. So moving on from the uh, from the football. Um, support inside of things. Um, for the last, is it three years? You've yeah. been studying at Lincoln University. Yes, three in journalism. Yep. Um, not necessarily sports journalism, uh, but journalism itself. Mm-hmm. Um, but looking at your Twitter profile, uh, there's been a, there's a there's a fair bit of, um, sort of linkage there to a lot of work to, with. Um, Within within the world of sport, um, yeah. can we take from from that that your hopes and aspirations are to go into um, a sports journalism type sort uh, of type path? I feel like that's. I'd say I think I think it's wrong for me to label what I what I want to do the most because I feel like I don't want to. Like I said, I didn't want to limit myself to just sport because I could, I've written about other stuff as well. Like I've done. Yeah, but I've done freelance work for um for do you know um Coventry? I, I think it's Coventry Live. So it's mm-hmm. like on that side of journalism, like I've written articles for them on a, like a trial on a trial basis and stuff. And um and like freelance freelancing work, I, I'm quite into radio as well. I've I've been like a co I've co-hosted like a radio show on a voluntary basis when I was at Lincoln as well, which is mm-hmm. something that I'm pretty I'm pretty into as well. But in terms of sport, I think that's just where I'm not where I'm comfortable but football is where I'm comfortable but I'd like to I think if I was to pursue a career in sports journalism that would be like the most I think easiest to go into but like I said I don't mind taking myself out of my comfort zone as well so I think that's the best way I can put it it's unfair for me to just label myself as a sports journalist no no sure sure Mm -hmm. but uh, I mean I mean clearly there's a 
there's a there's a there's a huge market out there for sports journalism. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. But you're not. It, it sounds like that you're not actually just um, pushing yourself down um, down the written work. Uh, you're you're quite comfortable um, with your voiceover. Well, clearly you are. You're doing a podcast for God's sake. Um, <laughs> um, you're, you're quite clear, comfortable with your voice over a radio or on a podcast, and, uh, and presumably that includes putting your face on onto a, a camera as well. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't, I don't mind, I don't mind because I'm sure people are probably absolutely disgraced by seeing my face on a camera. So, but I've just got to blow that one out, <laughs> get that one out of my mind, and I'm, I'm uh, all right. But no, I've, I like I've, to I've face the radio, so I'll just give you a fist bump through the airwaves there. <laughs> Yeah, my mum's always said that to me and all. You've got a face for radio, Ed. <laughs> oh, there's love for you. <laughs> oh, love knows no bounds. <laughs> no, there's not. But um, yeah, I, I think I like to I like to try my hand at. I just like I like trying out new stuff, and I'm I like to think with certain things. I'm a quick learner, but it's yeah. I, I think I think yeah. I like to I like to do all of that stuff. I like to I'll go in front of a camera. I'll, speak on radio and written work but yeah it's just about I've tried to get experience and like I said at the moment the job the job market probably isn't the easiest which is I understand but I think the longer you keep pressing and the longer you keep going at it I think someone will eventually eventually show up and even if that means I'm not going to get a job straight out of my degree I'm willing to do more voluntary work to try and get myself into the door whether that's within journalism whether that's content creation whether that's it's anything I'm sure something will come to fruition eventually. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, the trick is to, um, and I'm sure you've heard this from so many people, but the trick is to not give up and, and you, know, you, you follow your follow your dreams and uh, and and hopefully they uh, they they come true. Um, what uh, so oh, yeah, there's a, there's a little bit of sort of football stuff that you've mentioned um, on on your profile. What sort of things have you have you written about or spoken about so far? Um, I've got. I've, gathered some work experience working for football clubs so when I was at uni I had a I had an internship with not not because uh, obviously COVID made it a bit harder so I didn't really get to go to matches yeah one where that was with Huddersfield Town I've written that was kind of new to me that was new to me and it was enjoyable because I, I wrote like match previews didn't really get to write too many match reports as I said because I didn't go to their games because of COVID but I spoke to um, I've done interviews with players to for like match day programs and stuff like whether it's previous players, current players, stuff like that. One of the my particular favorite ones I spoke to, you know, Ewan Roberts, who used yep. to play for Leicester. I had a yep. I interviewed him and wrote like a section for Cardiff because he's a toothless he wonder. Some work. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he's got teeth, now. <laughs> got teeth now, but yeah, lovely, lovely guy, a really nice guy. He had a lot of time for me when speaking to me as well. And yeah, I just spoke to him when Huddersfield were playing against Cardiff. And he gave us like an insight for the Huddersfield's match day program. And I wrote a feature about what to expect from, you know, like an opposition intro or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of something like that. And yeah, it was, it was good to speak to these people on a level and get, like, get to know what they think, get to know their insight. And yeah, yeah. it's just, it's a good experience. It prepares you for, for like future work. Yeah, absolutely. Well, sometimes they do say never meet your heroes, but, um, I'm imagining at some point that uh, that's going to have to happen, isn't it, for you? Yeah, Ho- yeah. Hopefully, hopefully, if I, if I get to, hopefully, I can get to that level of my career, because yeah, that's I've heard that one thrown about quite often. And luckily, I'm not going to say luckily because some people it's not always true, but I've not really met anyone that I'd class as my heroes as of yet. Yeah, but, yeah. If it, if it 
if it helps, um, I've met my my personal hero on a on a number of occasions, and he's a lovely, lovely bloke, uh, Mr. Michael Jilts, um, who oh, actually yeah. started his career at Leicester City, incidentally. Uh, didn't make a first-team yeah. appearance. He joined Reading in 1985, I think it was, but... Uh, yeah, thirteen years later, and uh, and yeah, my my personal hero, and he's a genuine, genuinely nice man. Uh, so yeah, um, I've met my hero, it. and uh, that that yeah that that little phrase is yeah, from in my experience, bollocks. But, hey. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, apart apart from that, I've a lot of it's been with like football. I've written, I mean, I've written a couple of match reports for like non-league teams and stuff. But that's why it's mainly been for Huddersfield. I've done a couple of like. I've done video edits and stuff for them for their social media pages and stuff. Just yeah. like like skill, like do you know what I mean? Just like little snippets and stuff like that. Nothing too extravagant because we've not really had to go into it. But I'll, that's a, something I want to learn. I want to learn a lot more video editing techniques. I want to learn graphic design on a decent level because it open graphic design can open up so many doors for you. And I've seen what it can do for people as well, mm-hmm. especially with wanting to be. Because I'd love to, I'd love to be a media assistant at a football club, and a lot of people. Some clubs have graphic designers. Some people, some clubs don't, and they want the media system to do that as well as the written content. But I think if, as a club, because there's a few teams that still employ club journalists, and I think if I if there was a job role come up for that, I think I'd be, I'd fancy my chances at yeah. securing a role like that because that would yeah. be that would be pretty nice. Anyway, moving swiftly on, and my favourite part of the show. And we get to the significant six. Uh, so these are six simple questions. If you uh, fire your answer, and we'll uh, we'll we'll talk about them, and uh, yeah, hopefully we'll have we'll have a good little discussion about these. So, question one: Talk to us about your favourite game that you've attended. The favourite, my favourite game I've attended yeah. was probably. See, these are all going to be in the latter stages of the. It's like I've got I've got to split it into two because most of them are just going to be from that title winning season. And can, <laughs> can you blame me, really? Can you blame not at me? all? No, no, absolutely not. Yeah, I've got. I've got do I have to pick one? Yeah, oh, well, yeah, it's tough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, if I had to choose, I'd say Sevilla in the Champions League. That was up there, all for different reasons. Burnley away in the Championship because that was just. The the sun was out. It was just a good daylight. It was a you know when the whole day is just brilliant and yeah we won. Chris Wood scored that that absolute rocket top corner, and but and then there was the the one where Vardy scored against United to break the record. It was it's got to be out of them three, but I probably say I probably say the Sevilla game was probably the best. Yeah. That's the best game I've ever been to. It was uncharted territory for Leicester at the time, wasn't it? Yeah, it um, was. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I mean, There's he lost so the first leg two one, two, and, and and you know to win two 0 and as we mentioned earlier in in the episode, there are no mugs to be here. Absolutely no mugs. No, they're not um, at all. Um, it was Craig, Craig Shakespeare had just taken over, had he on yeah, a caretaker was, basis? Yeah, you're, right. you're right. Yeah, and the, the Leicester's players were just they just started playing again. Um, what, so was we, we covered that off. In, in, a, in a fair amount of detail, but yeah, um, they that was a very good just, game. But I could have named more. I could, I could really could have, but all for different, all for different reasons. Yeah, but yeah, that one, yeah. that one just all brought it together. Yeah, yeah. There's not many, not many clubs that can, or fans of clubs that can, that can give a Champions League game 
uh, as that answer. So, yeah. Um, Obviously, you got the game where we lifted the title, but that was after the game. So, I'm not yes. going to say the game. If we're talking oh, about of course, just the yeah, game. we haven't even mentioned was Andrea Bocelli. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> yeah. Darren Lester. Never would you see that's a bit out of context, isn't it? Imagine, imagine saying <laughs> that out of context. Andrea yeah, Bocelli is in Leicester. Nesson Dormery was singing, wasn't it? Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. I can imagine that had the, uh, the goosebumps, though, didn't it? Yeah, fully. Fully did. Mm <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I okay. Think... In fact, Sorry, in can't... fact, in fact, you know what? Are you, you know, when you say the best game, do you mean yeah. in terms Your of the, the significant? Oh, just my favorite. Okay, Your favorite yeah, game. I'll say, yeah. I'll say the, the severe game. But if we're talking about in terms of just games that you wouldn't see, it was the season when we got promoted when we beat Man United five three. That. Uh, that game was ridiculous. From yes. if we're talking about entertainment value, that was probably it. But Sevilla that was, was Nigel Pearson, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. That was yeah. when Vardy. Everyone started to know who Vardy was. Yeah, yeah. Like, who's this dude with a mole? No, he got. He got. I think he got one. Right. Ajoa got a brace. Nugent scored one, and Cambiasso scored one. Right. Oh, Esteban Cambiasso. I hear the name. There it is oh, at Leicester yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. That was oh, when the club started to go a bit weird. Yeah, we were linked with him. We were thinking like, what? What's this? Who's made up this rumor? <laughs> and he signed. We were like, he actually Leicester announced him. He's showing his bald head holding the Leicester shirt. I thought, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Surreal moments as a football fan. Yeah, yeah. All right, okay. So tell us, uh, tell us about the fav- your favorite away ground that you've been to. Just in terms of the ground, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. What, what's your favorite favorite? If, if you're not going to go, if you're going to go to an away game, what's one that you really? Or what's the one that you most look forward to? And why is it the Madeira Stadium? Is it? I've been there once. To be <laughs> I've been there once. I forgot what the score was. I think we. I think it was two 0 This was years ago. I forgot what season it was. Uh, we definitely lost though. We played awful. So, okay, so two 0 would have been. 0506. That was um, after that. It was after that. So we then didn't play you. Well, that was the season we got promoted. So then didn't play you until 2009-10. You beat us in 2009-10. 10-11, we beat you 3-1. Um, uh, and that was the infamous day where Jimmy Kebe outpaced Diamante Camera for the third goal. Uh, just go, just gave a, um, just gave a, 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 an impression of just how quick Jimmy Kebe was. It, um, was it? And then the next well, season after that, we beat you three one as well. I think it might have been one of them two. Yeah, I, I can't remember his scoring. It was a bit of a blur to be honest. But we did get hammered. We properly got hammered. Yeah. But yeah, Mark... it doesn't have to be the Madeira. You can you can choose any ground you want. <laughs> I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna live for the day when somebody actually says on the Madeira because I, I I know full well um, the position that the club is in and the uh, sort of the stadium uh, is is not ideal, it's not popular. It's not even popular with Reading fans to be honest with you. But you know, it's home. So, but I'll uh, yeah I'll jump. I'll, I'll, I think I'll jump through the bloody ceiling here if, uh, if somebody says the Madeira. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I don't know. You know, there's a there's a few. I don't. I, my favorite away ground. I've been to a few. I like. I like 
if if Bar- I was looking forward to Barnsley going up, Barnsley away is always a good one. It's yeah, a massive yeah. away end. It's just a old uh, Turf Moor as well. That's a yeah. old. I like the old grounds. I yeah. I, I, you, you've you've named two absolute classics there. Um, I like Burnley, uh, Barnsley. Um, I've only been there two. since they've had the massive away end. They used to have a, a yeah. terrace behind that goal. But, oh, uh, yeah. Good again, a good old school um, away day. Burnley as well. I mean, I love going into the cricket club behind the behind the away end. Um, yeah, before yeah. games, that's a, that's a, just a good a good uh, atmosphere about the place there. It's um, just an old it's old palace palace away is a weird yeah. because the roof blocks the view of the pitch. It was it's old. Everton's got some character about it. Yeah, but I, I'd say I'd, I I was going to say Burnley for previous memory, but then Chelsea's good. Old Trafford's like a library. Let me just pull that one out then. Yeah, no, I'm yeah, joking. Agreed. I'm joking. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I completely. Well, I mean, all right. Man United being Man United being Reading isn't exactly going to be the greatest draw for Man United yeah, fans. That's yeah, that's why. It, it is. Yeah. It is dead there. It's, you can't expect anything else though, because it's a lot of people that go just to see that is Old Trafford. But yeah, in, yeah. The, in terms of the Prem, I'd say I look forward to I look forward to Everton, Burnley, maybe Burnley is always one I'd want to go to. I've been there t- twice. Been to Chelsea yeah. twice. Yeah, yeah no, I, I like um, I like I like Turf Moor. Um, I could say it's a good old-fashioned away end. Um, mm. And all right, got some bad memories of the playoffs at Turf Moor, but um, another playoff one, another playoff defeat. Um, but yeah, I was there for Andre BK's meltdown. Um, but oh, wow. and if you if you don't that's if you don't know what that's if you don't know what that's about, then uh, then just Google it. Um, he played. Did he? He played for Burnley though, didn't he? He did, yeah. He signed. So we lost in the playoffs. Um, he got sent off in the playoffs semi-final first leg uh, for stamping on Robbie Blake. Um, absolute meltdown. Ripped his shirt off. Uh, threw it on the floor, etc., etc. Four-game ban because he'd been sent off earlier in the season as well um, at Cardiff. And uh, then Burnley signed him for two and a half million um, once he'd served three of his games. <laughs> so yeah, he he um I swear he scored an overhead kick for them. He scored a banger for Burnley. I'm pretty sure. Uh, not sure about an overhead kick, but his 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 goal celebration was uh was he used to do somersaults by the corner flag. Oh. Um, yeah, yeah. I used yeah. to live just over the road from him as well in in Reading. Uh, let me oh, tell yeah. you, he's not. He's only five foot eleven. He's no taller than me, but fuck me, is he broad? He has got guns on him. And, did he? And where did he play? Centre back. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, five eleven for a centre back is not really your normal, normal height. But he got was. A bit of, got a bit of he was huge. He was a big, big man. I spoke to Steve Koppel at a. Um, uh, it was like a, a, a former players. Um, uh, Reading Football Club former players do. And they got Steve Coppel yeah. in, uh, well, it was two years ago now. Um, and one of the questions that was given to him on the open open floor uh, was the biggest disappointment uh, uh, in, in or what player didn't go on to achieve what they could have done was the biggest disappointment in terms of what they could have achieved. And his answer was Andre BK. Uh, yeah. Because he had all the talent in the world. Uh, he was an exceptional player. Absolute Rolls Royce, and yeah, he could have gone on to, to bigger and better things if he just calmed calmed himself down. I mean, we That's had him shame. on, 
we had him on fucking trial from I think it was Locomotive Moscow uh, in 2006, and he was playing in a, a as a trialist in Sweden at pre-season tour, and he got sent off in the first half for red in one of the opponents. <laughs> Where is he, Jamaica? Uh, no, Cameroon. Cameroon, yeah, that's yeah. I'm thinking so he, someone else. Yeah, so he's that uh, Liam Moore's Jamaica. Yeah, um, yeah, he is. Um, but uh, no, uh, he was the the guy that got sent off in the African Nations Cup semi-final for attacking a um, a paramedic who was trying to tweet oh, one of, treat one of his players, and so he got sent off and <laughs> missed the final. Jesus, um, <laughs> it's just an absolute fucking head case. <laughs> but, You've got to have him. I love a couple of them a really, a really, yeah. really nice guy. As I say, I lived over the road from him in Reading, and it's a genuinely nice guy. Not a man I would want to piss off. No, um, of course. Uh, We've had a yeah, couple was, of them. We've had a couple yeah. of absolute madmen playing for us. We've had recent history. We've had Johan Benelouan, who's a forest. Yeah. Absolute crackers. And Martin Wazilewski as well. Yeah. I don't know if you know him, but he yeah. was a he was an absolute tank. Mad yeah. he was a crazy player. Yeah. Yeah. Every, do every club's got them, haven't they? The people that, that yeah. just, I mean makes the club uh, though, doesn't it? We don't really have does. anyone too bad. We don't really have anyone too bad. I actually, yeah, we Hamza Chowdhury is a bit reckless to be fair, but I like it because yeah. he loves a tackle. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, back to away grounds, I'd probably say Burnley or Burnley. Chelsea. Yeah. Yeah, no, good, good choice, good choice. So uh, I think uh, this next question, the the answer might be fairly obvious. Uh, your favourite season following Leicester? I don't even need to answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to yeah, be think... the it's got to be the thirteen fourteen season where we I'm joking, or we lost to what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, Premier League winning season fifteen sixteen, I'm presuming. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, gotta be. Yeah, yeah. For a, for a, for a provincial club to go and do that uh, with no I'd league be lying to or their name, be, or trying to be edgy to say that it's not that season. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I think so. I think so. No, it's a it's an obvious choice, but it's a worthy choice as well. It's it's the finest season in Leicester City's history, isn't it? Yeah, easily. <laughs> okay, so your favourite ever away day. My favourite ever away day was probably, in fact, oh, you know what? I can't, I'm glad I've gone past the away ground question now because I would have said Upton Park because that okay. ground is, but obviously it's not there anymore. But yeah, that's one of my favourite away games in the title winning season where we won. Again, it was just the the sun was out. We'd Early had, in the I season, remember, wasn't it? Yeah, Mara Zanokazaki scored. And it was just a great game. The atmosphere was brilliant. Credit to the West Ham fans as well. The, cre- the atmosphere was brilliant. But yeah, it was just a great day. It was a good win. But other than that, like I said many times, it was probably either that or or the game in the Championship at Burnley away. That was a good one. Yeah. Yeah, no, Upton Park, I've been there a few times. And it's a sad yeah. loss, really. They shouldn't yeah, really it is. be in the friggin' Olympic, Olympic Stadium. Um, but it was. So I didn't play there a few times. And they do create yeah. a good atmosphere there. It was, it was the ground was on top of the pitch. It was I couldn't imagine playing on it. It would have been, it would have been a very intimidating place to go. But yeah. again, I've I've been to 
I've been to I've never been to Nottingham Forest away, which is again less with rivalries. It was weird with them because it feels like Leicester are like the annoying cousin in the Forest and Derby rivalry. Do, do you know what I mean? It's like yeah. we don't really, but they don't really. They claim to not care about us, but when they were better than us, they were telling us how we were crap, how they care. Like you know, do you know what I mean? But I know they, exactly what you mean, and I can I can kind of send you a um a, yeah an annoying cousin fist bump because that's very much the way I think you could describe us in uh in in the whole Swindon Oxford Reading relationship. Swindon and Oxford, yeah, yeah. Uh, the uh, they 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 seem to care about each other more than they do us, but and they say yeah. that they don't care about us, but you know whenever I lived near Swindon. And whenever I, I go like down to my local yeah. non-league club, or you know, I put it this way, I wouldn't walk around um, with a red and badge on in in the middle of Swindon. Oh yeah, because of course, of course, they... I won't wear. <laughs> I wouldn't fancy wearing a Leicester shirt around in the middle of Nottingham. Do you know what I mean? It's like yeah, they don't like Derby, but I feel like they don't really like Leicester. Like they don't think yeah, Leicester they're really good. Like I think they just it's weird because they like I said they don't they don't care about Leicester, but I've heard them sing chants about Leicester. It's like well yeah, you yeah. know what I mean it's. Yeah, then they're, they're number. Then, then it sounds. Yeah, it's, it, yeah, it sounds exactly much the same as I say. Swindon and Oxford, they care about each other more than more than anybody else, but they still don't like um, uh, uh, Leicester. And it's a tasty, it's a tasty environment when uh, when when both teams turn up. Oh, of course. I think Leicester Coventry is a, a good one as well because whenever we play Coventry, it's like that's a that's a close. It's a local derby, but they. Yeah, it's only about 20, like, 25 miles between you. Not far at all. M sixty nine. Is it the the M sixty nine? Yeah, but they're not. Um, they don't. They're not fond of us, and we're not really fond of them. It's been. A, it's a weird one. I don't know how it's seen, but they they definitely don't like us, and we don't like them. So when we nearly yeah. got them in the FA Cup, when they had a replay against Birmingham, we got drawn against either of them, and we all desperately wanted them to win because it would have been a a good game. We've not played any yeah. of them for years. We played Derby in the FA Cup a few years ago, and that was a good. That was a good game. Yeah, it yeah. was enjoyable. Yeah, but we're talking. No, uh, we're saying we're saying we're saying Upton Park at the start of the fifteen sixteen season. Then for your favourite, oh, but that that or Everton the season we won the league as well because that was a. It would have been Man City away, but I didn't go to that game. Uh, of course, yeah, three one win. That would have been a clear clear winner. Yeah, yeah, I think that's yeah. I mean, if you'd have gone to that, I mean, we could have gone through it. Well, we might as well go into it into a little bit more detail now. But that was. That was the day that people realised that Leicester aren't just there making up the numbers. We're not they're just there. there. Potentially, like, they that, can, I think they that's can the do day it. I, thought, you, we're, I think we're going to do it, you know. Like, it went from there's no way we can win the league to I think we're actually going to win the league. And it was yeah. it was a weird, it was weird. But Comfortable that was win a, as well. A Robert Hoop Brees. Uh, yeah. <laughs> was that uh, Riyad Mahrez as well, just after half time? Yeah, we just put Demi Kalis on his backside. Yeah. Yeah, not, he's not the first, not the last have done that to him. Yeah. No, but uh, that's not to take away from the talent of Riyad Mahrez. But, uh, I'd love yeah, to see was... him back at Leicester, honestly. I'd do anything. He, he, as much, he's, it's a weird one. It's like, he was a bit disrespectful to Leicester in a way, but I don't, I don't really mind because I love him. I love watching him play. I think, he's, I think he's exceptional. He's probably, technically, he's probably the best player we've ever had. It, technically, he's not my number one, but... He's te- I think technically gifted. He's the best player by some distance that's played for Leicester. Yeah. yeah. So does he? Um, Different class. Yeah. So uh, we've got the last two questions are about um, 
uh, current and all-time Leicester player. So your favourite current Leicester player? My my favourite? I don't know, you know. Who do I really... At the moment, I'd probably say... Probably say Yuri Tielemans is probably my favorite, okay. yeah. just for the way that he's just. I don't know. It's just he's he's the king of getting the basics right. He he plays, and his passing is unreal. His vision is crazy, but he's good at the basics because by no means he's not the strongest. He's not the quickest, and he doesn't have much stamina. But he's there. He's everywhere. Wilfred Ndidi is probably up there as well. Yeah, I like Ndidi. Came in as a replacement for for Kante, didn't he? And just offered something different. Yeah. Which is good. I don't think you can replace Kante, to be fair. That's <laughs> a, no. That's just that he's a one-on-one. What, what an absolute, um, absolute brilliant signing he was. Steel. Absolute steel. Only played for us for one season as well. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so Yuri Tielemans, Belgian, isn't he? Um yeah. Is it uh, Monaco you got him from? Monaco, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he's uh, been pretty much an ever-present ever, ever since, really, isn't he? Yeah, I don't think... I'd be very sad if he left, but I don't think he's going to leave as much as there's all the rumours here, there. But a reliable... I, I thought there's a couple... You know how like, you just know the reliable sources at football like yeah. within the transfer mills and that? Um, yeah. One of the reliable sources put on Twitter that Liverpool Liverpool were after him, but they've not put a bid and they're no longer after him. So I thought, uh, if he can stick it and they think if he signs a new contract, then we have to get in the Champions League where I think he'll be off. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, the favourite all-time Leicester player, um, is that uh, where Riyad Mahrez fits in or have you got another? Um, I don't want to say... Mahrez is probably, like I said, I think I can appreciate him for technical-wise, but he's not my personal favourite. And the only reason I said Tielemans is because I'll probably say Vardy, I can't lie. It has to be. That's <laughs> Mr. Leicester, man. He's not even yeah. from Leicester. And he's just... that's. There's not many players in football where you see loyalty at a club. Now, in modern football, it doesn't happen. And to, for a player that's not... From the city as well, it's good. It's refreshing to see, and is, and it don't matter if he's getting old. He still, still delivers. Like he, everyone says that he, or oh, he, he's slowed down a bit. He's lost a, he's lost a yard. Of, he's lost a few yards of pace. His finishing ain't the same. That's where he's still got twenty nine goal contributions last season, in his mm-hmm. thirty four. Yeah, he's he's in, he's an inevitable player. That's what I say. He's just there. He's always going to be there. And he plays football with a smile on his face, and that's what that's what I like about him. He's just he's probably, he's probably my favorite player. I would yeah. Kante's up there, but I usually see him for one season. And there's obviously some fan favorites that I've got from when I first started watching Leicester. That's just, but they don't you can't compare them technically wise and skill wise to the players now because they wouldn't get into the team. Yeah, sure. I mean, no, absolutely. You're, you're quite right. I mean, when you first started watching. You were looking at players like Ian Hume. Oh, you? yeah, yeah, um, yeah. He's he's the first um, player I ever had on the back of a Leicester shirt as well. Yeah. Yeah. And no, you know, no, 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 absolutely no disrespect to it for to Ian Hume. I mean, he's he's been respected uh, and liked almost everywhere that he's been. Um very respected. I think he, I think even he even he'd say he's uh, he's no Jamie Vardy, is he? Yeah, yeah. 
He's, he's, yeah. but these, yeah, these players are respected. Like Matty Fryer, he was one of them. Everyone, he was our best player at one point. When he left, everyone thought that's our best player. He probably yeah. won't even get into our under 23s team. Yeah. Of course, Matty Fryer scored, I think it was something like 30 goals in that League One winning season, didn't he? Yeah, banged him. Um, yeah, it's a bit of a shame in the end. I mean, all right, he was at Forest when he, when he did his, um, uh, was it his Achilles that, that, that saw him out, um, that, that, that ended his career? Um, I think so. Yeah, he he was he was just starting to bang them in at Forest as well, and it's a bit of a shame. I remember once just before he he got that that injury, he um, he ripped us a new one in the second half in a game. Oh which... yeah, he was he knew where the net was. Again, yeah. wasn't the wasn't the most athletic player in the world, but he knew where the net was, and somehow he'd always get it. He'd get it in there. And you don't know. He'd just pop up at random places. He was he was a proper proper finisher and that's that's what we missed for some years yeah yeah but it's Jamie Vardy then yeah saying. yeah it's gotta yeah. be gotta be yeah I, I, I'd be very surprised if he didn't feature I'd be uh, I'd be point. doing him a bit of injustice if it wasn't <laughs> but I can't say him yeah. twice I can't say him for my favourite player and but my favourite player changes every week because it's so good to have a That that's that's what that's one thing I've said I've said it to my friends a while ago it's mad that People, when if you ask, if you go in a room with ten different Leicester fans and ask them our best player, you could probably give us five or six different answers, and that's mm-hmm. credit to the players that we've got because we've got some good players. I like the I like the young lad Fafana at centre back as well. He's one of my yeah. he's one of my favourite. He's just he plays beyond his years. Obviously, some things can still get a bit tuned up, but he's young, and he's just yeah, yeah he's top top to. Uh, good stuff. Soon, so. Yeah, good yeah. stuff. That's uh, I think that's a really good place to uh, to, to end it, um, Evan. Yeah. So um, thank no you problem. so so much for your time. It's been been a bit of a, a bit of an epic two and a half hours. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, it has I've as well. It's been good. It's yeah, been good to talk. Good stuff. Good. Just a couple of quick, quick bits and pieces from me for people. Uh, follow me on Twitter. Uh, I am at Terrace Memoirs. Email address. Um, if you know anybody that wants to come on the show. Um, uh, or you want to come on the show yourself, or you just want to offer some support or feedback for, for whatever reason, please uh, ping me an email. The email address is terracememoirs at gmail.com. Um, there's a Facebook group of the same name, although I'm still having issues getting into my Facebook account. Um, so uh, uh, please bear with me um, with that. It's been a bloody month now on Facebook, a bit not being, not being helpful whatsoever. Um, but uh, yeah, all this uh, serves me to say now, Evan, is thank you so much for your time. I hope everything goes well with uh, with your career and uh, you, you go down the path that you really want to. And hopefully you've enjoyed it tonight. Yeah, thank you very much. It's been, it's been good. I've enjoyed it as well. Good stuff. Good. Always good Talk to reminisce. Football. Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> yeah. Needed some time. Good. Good. Uh, so yeah, um, no, thank you very much, Evan. And this is Terrace Memoirs. Over and out. I've, I had like a... I'd, I was lucky enough to uh, go and be a volunteer, like go and experience what being a media assistant is like. I went up to Wales to do it with Wrexham. Mm-hmm. And that was that was a good experience because I went to go watch a couple of games, sat in the press box with a couple of the guys in there and they were all brilliant guys. So shout out to, shout out to all of them who were working at Wrexham. And yeah, the, like I went down, uh, stood in on an interview with the manager, wrote a match report for the club and the non-league paper and it was just a it was a good experience to just to just be up there amongst it all because again it was the first time I'd actually went to a a football game in a stadium 
Yeah. I've been, I've been to a couple of non-league. That, I know uh, Wrexham was a manager, Dean, Dean Keats. That's the one. Yeah. Yeah. Parker, he's been yeah. sacked though. It's Parker. Yeah, he now. has. Yeah. Yeah. But no, Dean Keats, he was a bit of a nemesis for us in the late, late, uh, late nineties, early two thousands. Uh, yeah. What is uh, in his Walsall playing days? Uh, Who did he play for? For them? Walsall. Walsall. Oh, Walsall. Okay. Yeah. 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 Yeah, under Ray Graydon, um, he uh, he well, he played in their playoff final against us in two thousand and one, mm-hmm. that we inevitably lost because we've never won a playoff competition. Another um, playoff game. We need yeah. to get off the subpick of playoffs. It's, it doesn't uh, sit well with you, brother. No, uh, you've not. You know, you've not won a playoff competition either, have you? We have, but when I wasn't born against Palace, right. Steve Clary scored off his shin. Of course, yes, ninety six. Yeah, yeah, under the twin towers. Yeah. Yeah, that one. Or at least you have won one, but you know, yeah, you've yeah. seen it. Uh, we've 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 had nothing but bloody defeat. So one day, yeah. I'm telling you, <laughs> this year, come yeah. back to this podcast when you win the playoffs this year. Uh, well, I'll, I'll yeah, I'll, I'll I'll take you up on that, but <laughs> I can't <laughs> I can't see it happening. <laughs> you win at Wembley, not even scroll to this exact timestamp on the podcast. Yeah, you're you're uh, yeah you're you're tweeting that um, when when I uh, when I get the episode out. Oh, all right. <laughs> so, right. But, so uh, that's uh, that's yeah. that's all. That's all extremely positive, and uh, you know, and, and, and kudos clubs to anybody that that you know, particularly at the age of sort of eighteen, nineteen, twenty, um, who that who takes that that three years minimum, three years of their life to do a degree and set themselves up for uh, for for what they really want to do because you know it's better than I ever did. Um, uh, hence why I'm now a career civil servant. Uh, and not doing what I probably really wanted to do. I mean, yeah, kudos to you for that. And um, yeah, I really appreciate that. 